This episode of the New Christendom Daily is taken from a live radio broadcast. There's no scripts. There's no do-overs. There's no cuts. It's just from a live radio show done by a guy with a microphone and a set of earbuds and a radio show who pours his heart, his mind, and his body and soul into one thing, bringing about the New Christendom Daily. I'm not going to play the Nikki Haley clip because I think you've heard it. But if you haven't heard it, again, this is a woman who is an elite who thinks that she and her ilk ought to be running the rest of the world and that neocon American hegemony is the only thing that will save the human race. Um, For that reason alone, this lunatic shouldn't get within a thousand yards of a nuclear launch code and should never, never have any military authority under her command. I mean, heaven forfend this winch. You know, there, there are people out there, that, and I read your signal uh, messages and your conspiracy theories, that the stupid party is, is, is going to kick Trump to the curb, and they're going to replace Trump with Haley. And then Haley's going to win, and she's going to be the first female president. Well, she is Hillary with an R in front of her name. But she's also, just like Hillary, she's an absolutely detestable human being. For obvious reasons, the least of which is, yes, let the baby killing begin. So I'm not going to play the the, the, the Nikki Haley uh, that Netanyahu needs to commit genocide against all of the Palestinian people and finish them off. That's her words. If she were the president now, the way she spoke the other day, it was an attack against America. Would she just start firing nukes immediately? I, I, well, you, you can't nuke Palestine and not nuke Israel. You know, these people, yeah. are there, we want to use tactical nukes. There's no such thing, dude. A nuke is a freaking nuke. You detonate a nuclear, you start a chain reaction with a, with a, with a, with a, a, a nuclear bomb chain reaction that has munitions in it. You're going to blow things up that you didn't intend to. This is, this, there's a blast radius, Chica, you don't understand it. That blast radius is an estimate. And there's going to be fallout if you don't know what the wind, which way the wind is blowing. There's all things. So, no, you can't just nuke Palestine and not nuke Israel. But maybe that's their plan. Any, in any event. This portion of the program is brought to you by our founders, uh, uh, our founders past crowdfunding effort for this month that is October. So last Tuesday, I told you, by the end of the day on Tuesday, we needed $1,000 of our $4,500 goal uh, to be raised. Uh, so today, this is Tuesday again, one week later, is the same deal. Well, we got to start somewhere. So somebody's got to pony up. Five bucks, ten bucks, a hundred dollars, and especially maybe you have never donated before. Maybe you just came back to the Crusade Channel because we gave you a one-year free Founders Pass membership. I hope you can hear that this is live talk radio. That in this day and age, and with the 2024 campaign and all that's going on in the world, that is worth listening to and worth conserving and preserving, including our news department and all of the great programming that we put on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's expensive. Subscriptions do not cover the expenses. If we don't raise the money, we go off air. It's as simple as that. Do you want that to happen? No, you don't. So, crusadechannel.com forward slash donate. Or while you're in the chat room, crusadechannel.com, click the donate button at the top of the page. 
And I hope I have uh, a dozen names to read off after the next top of the hour news break and before Michael Hitchborn comes on. Again, that number is real. We don't just make it up. Please be as generous as you can. And let's get another quarter of the 4500 raised today. So 1000 is the goal today. CrusadeChannel.com forward slash donate. Tucker. Oh. Vivek. Yeah, start at the top. Yes. Okay, number one. Here, here no we go. decent person can watch the video of young people being murdered at a music festival in southern Israel without feeling horrified. It's awful, and there's no excusing it. No matter what you think of Israel's policies in Gaza, you are not allowed to shoot people at music festivals. That's a crime. Israel has a right to respond to that crime and to defend itself. No one seriously contests that. The question for American policymakers, however, is what do we do next? How do we represent the interests of the United States in this chaotic moment? That's not a selfish question. It's the whole point of making policy for a country to improve and protect that country. If you serve in the U.S. Congress or in the executive branch of government, you have a moral duty to think this way. It's your job. You serve the United States and its population. You have no moral authority except to the extent that you represent your fellow Americans. That's our system. It used to be obvious, but it's worth remembering now because the conflict between Israel and Hamas could escalate into a war between Iran and its allies and the West. Once a war like that starts, you could easily imagine the use of nuclear weapons and all that entails. Millions dead, the collapse of the global economy. At the very least, you could see an unprecedented energy crisis here. No! Already gas in one Bay Area service station hit $7.29 a gallon over the weekend. If that trend Gee, I wonder how that persists, the United States, which is already, technically speaking, bankrupt, would plunge into depression. And no, it would not be like the 1930s. Close to 10 million people have come here over the last three years from the poorest places in the world. The overwhelming majority of them are on some form of federal subsidies. You wonder how that's going to work out when the U.S. government runs out of money. So there's a lot at stake in how we encourage Israel to respond to the horrifying Hamas attacks. Wisdom and long-term thinking are essential. But you will not be surprised to learn that is not what we are getting. Well, you're not going to get wisdom because there aren't wise people. You have to have wise people to get wisdom. <laughs> Who's wise? I mean, you, you did you did you see John Kirby going on uh, with uh, whoever he was on? <laughs> terrible. I'm sorry. I know it's an interview. I know I'm supposed to be the Pentecost spokesman. I know I deal with dead people every day. I know I announced the death of hundreds of thousands of people across the world of Russian Ukraine. Ten thousand, fourteen thousand Ukrainians. <laughs> music festival and those young people didn't deserve no I literally cry me a freaking river cry me a river it was interesting that Martha McCallum wasn't buying it Martha's like hey whoa 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 hey wait a minute you're, are, are, are you saying that you want to you want to do this but then you don't why don't we have peace talks in Ukraine why are you? Why are we insisting on peace, twixt the Arabs, when we don't want peace, twixt the Ruskies? Tucker's interview gets a little more interesting when he gets when he brings Vivek Ramaswamy in. So, 
again, I didn't find anything that was objectionable about what, what Vivek told Tucker. As a matter of fact, I would say that I pretty much agree with almost everything that you're uh, that that you're about to hear, and that he seems to have a better grasp on a America first foreign policy than almost any of those uh, of those uh, of the supposed candidates for the Republican uh, for the Republican Party nomination. So here's clip number one with Tucker and Vivek. When in fact, it was not. And for that reason, we must, quote, finish Iran, a nation of nearly 90 million. People. He's quoting Nikki Haley. What are we watching here? This is not sober leadership. She's a child, and this is the tantrum of a child. Ignorant, cocksure, bloodthirsty. Yet no one in Washington scolded her for it. In nope. fact, they aped her hysteria. Here's fellow neocon Lindsey Graham just spelling it out and calling for the bombing of Iran. So I've been on the phone all day to the Mideast, and I've told our allies and people with connections to Iran what I would do. I would tell Iran that if Hezbollah attacks Israel, we're going to come after you, the Iranians, and have a coordinated effort between the United States and Israel to put Iran out of the oil business by destroying their refineries. There are four major refineries in Iran. They're fixed targets. Uh, if Hezbollah attacks Israel, I would make Iran pay a heavy price. What exactly would happen to the United States if we declared war on Iran and started blowing up their infrastructure? Yeah, what a great Lindsey idea Graham that has is. has no clue what would happen. He hasn't thought it through. He's almost 70 years old and he has no children. He doesn't care. But neither, amazingly, do most of his colleagues in Washington. They're as reckless as he is. Texas Congressman Dan Crenshaw took to social media to call for what he described as a war to end all wars, as if there is such a thing. But of course, there is a war to end all wars. Wars to get more war. The bigger the conflict, the uglier and longer lasting the consequences. See World War One for details. These are not complex observations, but they seem lost on our leadership class. Alone among candidates running for the Republican nomination for president, Vivek Ramaswamy dared to suggest that actually going to war with Iran might not be in America's national interest. And for saying that, Mike Pence immediately denounced him as gutless and unpatriotic or something. So, you know, you kind of had to set up here for uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, um, uh, uh, the, the, the two clicks with Vivek. Let's go back to the uh, to Lindsey Graham. If you're an Iranian and you hear that a member of the United States Senate is openly fantasizing, and this is a sick, twisted fantasy, fantasizing about blowing your refineries to hell. And you're going to do it in conjunction with the Israelis. Do you take this as a threat? I mean, this is completely and totally reckless here. There used to be a thing among statesmen where the you know one statesman to another, there was this practice of what they called statecraft. So a statesman would be someone who was not a Lindsey Graham or a Nikki Haley. A statesman would be someone that was wise and smooth. And here, I'll give you an example of a modern statesman. Edward Habsburg. He is an ambassador from Austria 
to the Vatican, and uh, we've had him on the show. He's got a book out called The Habsburg Way. You can get it in the Founders Trading Post. Um, he's very measured in his, in his tones. He's not knee-jerk, um, and he comes from a family of statesmen. Now, they didn't get everything right, but they got a lot of it right, and many of the, uh, many of the, uh, of the more famous Habsburgs fancied and, and, and actually prided themselves on their statecraft. You you do everything you can to avoid war. You don't go around threatening to drop mother of all bombs, Moabs, as they call them, to drop a Moab on an Iranian on an uh, on an Iranian refinery or chemical or petro chemical processing plant of any kind. Number one, not only are you going to blow the plant up, how many people are you going to starve? This is inhumane. This is absolutely uncalled for and inhumane. And did anyone tell Lindsey Graham to shut the hell up? Did Biden go out there and they said, look, I took the lid off. Me and Corn Bob heard that we took the lid off. You can't be running around talking like that. I've been listening to this kind of bellicosity for 32 years now. 31 years. For the first 15 or so, I'll say till nah, 2000, first 15 or so, I might have been cheerleading Lindsey Graham going, Yeah, you want to bomb them back to the Stone Ages. That's before I learned what a just war is. And before I learned that, you know what the object of any war is? It's always the same. The final cause of any war is peace. I said this on Friday's show. Before the attack, the uh, the Hamas attack on the Israelis, before the super high tech hang gliders and GI Joe boats stormed the beaches and flew through the non existent air defenses that apparently have been shipped to Ukraine. But for members of the House of Representatives, the United States Senate, candidates that want to be president, this lust for blood through military action. This is sick. It's beyond sick. It's dangerous. What about the tens of millions of families across the United States that may live near an American oil refinery? What do you say to them, Lindsay? What if the Russians teamed up with the Iranians and went like, we can get through their air defense, too? You want here? You want to? They're at war with us anyway. You want us to take one of theirs out? We can take one of theirs out. You know, I'm sitting here in a place in North of Lake Charles, Louisiana. There's a jet fuel producing plant 25 miles from here. If we go 40 miles or 50 miles to the to to the west in Beaumont, Texas, there are there's a half a dozen oil refineries sitting right there on the coast. What if Putin teamed up with the Iranians and the Chinese and said, we're going to take out all the American oil-producing refineries. We're going to cripple their energy production. And they were to take them out. Well, you don't think there would be some collateral damage? Does Lindsey Graham, did any of these people even think about this? See, this is what happens, ladies and gentlemen, when you live in fantasy land. They don't care about $33 trillion in debt. They don't care about running a $2 trillion deficit this year. They don't care about the fact that the entire southern border of the United States is a piece of cheesecloth 
that water gets poured through in the form of illegal aliens. They don't care about any of it. You know why? Because in their little cocoons, and their little cocoon-like existence doesn't affect them. They live in Mordor. It never runs out of money. I used to call it Crane City whenever I would fly to XM. Why? Because the skyline is dotted with cranes. You go like, you look at this, you go like, what do they produce here? Human suffering and misery. All right, let's bring Vivek Ramaswamy in on this. Mike Church Show here on the Crusade Channel, always on air, always online at crusadechannel.com. I want to read your name at the end of this segment. I need a donation from you guys. As a matter of fact, I need $1,000 worth, and I prayed to the Blessed Virgin. She always delivers, and we're going to hit our crowdfunding goal this month, and you're going to be part of it. I'm drafting you if you're listening. Don't think that someone else is going to do it, and that I'm not talking to you because I am. I want you to go to crusadechannel.com forward slash donate. Make your contribution. Do it right now. We're going to read a long list of names coming out from the top of the hour break that's coming up in about 20 minutes here. So go do it now. Crusadechannel.com forward slash donate. Vivek, and thank you in advance very much. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. Coming on. So if I'm reading this correctly, you suggested while offering what seemed like real sympathy um, to the Israeli people, and to the many murdered there two days ago, you noted that maybe it's not in America's best long-term interest to declare war on Iran. Is that what you said? I actually said this long before this crisis when people were thinking clear-headedly. And I just want to say a couple of things that are obvious but important, Tucker. I mean, what happened against Israel? You said it. I believe it. It is barbaric. It is medieval. Yeah. It is wrong. And Israel as a nation absolutely has the right to self-defense to its own national existence and i think they should have our moral and diplomatic support as an ally but there's one element of this that nobody's talking about what the hell went wrong with u.s <laughs> and israeli intelligence and the israeli defense that allowed this to happen everybody seems to be punting that as a question for later I think it's a question for now, if you're Israel. I mean, look, I think that Nikki Haley, I disagree with you a little bit there. I don't think she's a child. I think that she is somebody who is, like many politicians, in a position to get wealthier from war. Look at the military contracting business and otherwise. Oh, put that fair. to one side. The message that I would send would be very different. Get to the bottom of what allowed this gaping hole of intelligence and defense to even happen before feeding that same beast. If a doctor told you his job was to keep you from getting cancer and then you got that cancer, don't go trust that same doctor to remove your tumor. They don't let airplanes, when they crash, the pilots or the people who crash the airplane, that airliner is not the one who reviews the black box. And so I think those right. answers have to come now. That's not a question for later. And I think one of the learnings for the U.S., I think there's a lot of learnings for the U.S., Tucker, but one of the learnings is if that establishment can get it wrong in Israel from a U.S. perspective, that could happen right here at home. <laughs> and if anything, as an ally, one of the things that we need to wake up to is that we're vulnerable here in the United States to the same. And so we can do some things to prevent that, secure our border, stop funding. I mean, I think one of the things that's been wrong in the U.S. is we have a bad habit while we're bankrupt funding both sides of wars that should have been avoided in the first place. Look at the money that's indirectly found its way to Hamas, the $6 billion paid to Iran in the recent ransom. That was a disaster. 
Yet we're effectively now funding both sides of a war that we shouldn't have been in in the first place in places like Russia and Ukraine even. Think about how we hampered oil production in the United States and then now has funding, U.S. funding going to Ukraine in fighting back against Russia. It's a bad habit in the United States and we need leaders here who will look after what advances American interests. And I find what Dan Crenshaw said to be cringeworthy. It is shameful. World War One was supposed to be the world that the war that ended all wars that got us yes. to World War Two. That can't be the way that we run foreign policy. The job of American leaders is to advance American interests, and I think we support Israeli leaders asking what advances and defends Israel as we should. If you've seen the movie 1917, then you have seen what all-out total war looks like. If you haven't seen the film 1917 and you want to cheerlead a ground invasion or a ground war because oh, we want our, we want the glory of the red, white, and blue, you right there, you right there. Watch 1917 and come back and tell me how glorious war is. Uh, it is, uh, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's, okay, 1917 is indescribable. The violence of what an actual war and what young men that are sent to go kill other young men and what they actually have to go through. You know, you know there is this thing that we have now perfected here in these United States. It's called PTSD. Post-traumatic stress dis uh, disorder. Uh, almost every member of our military that's seen any combat in the last 30 years in our undeclared wars is suffering some kind of a form of PTSD. And the reason is, is because they're not just wars. They're undeclared and, there is, and, and, and peace is not their objective. Killing is. You send human beings to kill other human beings if they are conscious and they have souls, and if they have any hint, any remnant whatsoever of a Christian upbringing, a baptism, anything, murdering another human being is going to come back and proverbial haunt them. But you listen to these guys, and you think, that, oh, it's all no guts, no glory, we want it all, you want day, you want day, you want day. We even go out and go like, an attack on them is an attack on us. This is how fomented for war, how lustful for war Nikki Haley is. These people are sick. They are sick, twisted, pathetic excuses for citizens of a civilization that dares to call itself Christian. No, you're not. Play the Trump clip. I said I was going to play all the uh, the Tucker and the Vivek. Play, play, play number da, 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 12. The one on world on the upcoming World War III. So while RFK Jr. is in Philadelphia announcing his run as an independent for the presidency, Donald John Trump is campaigning in Wolfboro, New Hampshire, and uh, he is after he gave his prepared little remarks, he took a couple of questions and somebody asked him what he thought about what was going on 
in Israel and Hamas. And I got to give Trump credit because I thought Trump was going to come out and was going to join the bomb, 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 bomb Iran chorus and was going to, Israel, I went there, has the right to defend itself and it can blow people from the face of the planet. You forget that in 2018, Trump went to Riyadh. He got Netanyahu or whoever. He got the Iranians. He got the Arabians. He told them all, you're all you're all going to sit down and we're going to work this out and we're going to have peace. We're going to have peace in the Middle East. Remember, he came back and he goes, they said it couldn't be done. They said it couldn't be done and negotiated a peace agreement. So it is possible. So here's Trump yesterday on upcoming World War Three. In very, very grave danger of having a World War Three, and this will be a war. This will be a war of obliteration. This will not be a war with, I say, army tanks going back and forth shooting at each other. This is the real deal, and we have a man that uh, he, he can't even walk off a stage. He walks off a stage. He finishes his speech. He looks, oh, well, he can't find. He has no idea. You know, there's always a stair there, a stair here. You could even walk off the front, jump or something, do something. He usually walks to the back into a wall. Yeah, there's a wall there. He walks right into a wall. Can't walk off the stage, can't put two sentences together. And yet he's negotiating with President Xi of China, who, when I say he's very smart, the press, look at that's a lot of press back there. That's a lot. So, for him to negotiate with President Xi of China, China. is like my high school football team playing the, let's see, what's a good team nowadays? Philadelphia's good. You know, they change a little bit. I used to say New England. I used to say the Patriots. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to be able to say the Patriots. He's a great guy, great coach. But uh, they have a little hard time. But uh, what's going on with the Patriots, huh? But he is he's a great, he's a great coach. So Biden can't walk off a stage. They put a lid on him yesterday. I think they put the lid on him because they didn't want the old man to go out there and gaff, make a mistake and get a nuke launched, an intercontinental ballistic missile launched. Uh, either in our direction or in the direction of Iran or the direction of Tel Aviv or of Jerusalem or wherever. Uh, I, I really don't think your average American person out there is digesting just how precarious of a situation this is and how dangerous it is.